is episode 6. It is March the 10th of 2008, and we have a good show again for you today. Um, not going to be much Vikings chatter, as the Vikings didn't really do anything this week. I apologize if my voice sounds a little funny, because once again, I'm not feeling good. So, for the fourth time this winter, which is utterly ridiculous. But, hey... You know, you, you win some, you lose some. Most of the time, most winners, I haven't been sick at all. So I guess this is payback for some of the past. Well, we are Paladino Live. We podcast on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. And on thesportstuff.com, we do have a call-in line. The number is 916-912-4263, 916-912-4263. Please call in. And let them know which show you are addressing. So, obviously, you say Running with the Bulls, you say uh, Run and Gun Sons, you say Paladino Live, the crossover. Or, of course, uh, Boom, Casey Boom, with Farzine hosting. So, um, you just let them know which show you're addressing, and you leave your opinion of whatever it is. And... Um, I encourage you to please do that, as uh, we'd like to get more call-ins, especially on this show, as uh, I haven't had really many call-ins yet, as... We're still kind of kind of new to the new to the scene. We're not really uh, spread out there in the world just yet, but we hope to do that very soon. Now, also, we do have a message board on thesportstuff.com. You can get there thesportspodcasters.com forward slash boards. Thesportspodcasters forward slash boards. Also on thesportstuff.com, there is a link to the same area, the TSS boards. That is a little button on the upper right corner of the. Front page of thesportstuff.com. Simply click on TSS Boards. Please get a screen name. Register. It is 100% free, and it is 100% fun. Avoid trash talking. As uh, No, it's okay. It's up to you what you want to do. I personally do not trash talk. I just leave opinions, and um, some of them are, you know, some of them are big-time troublemaking opinions. Others are uh, friendly opinions, so we'll see. Now, here on Paladino Live today, we're going to talk Minnesota Wild. We're also going to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves, as um, those are the two teams of discussion today. The Vikings, again, as I say, inactive this week, as they lost out on Javon Kirst. They lost out on uh, Odom from the Tennessee Titans. So the Vikings unable to sign anybody. This week, they really need a defensive end, and hopefully they can acquire one via the draft, as that is the only hope now at this point for them to get a DE. Or there's a one guy named Sims. I believe he's from Seattle. I hope the Vikings can possibly get him. I mean, it's better than nothing, as we have maybe four defensive ends on this roster right now. As That's not going to get us anywhere. We are going to take a very short pause, and when we return, it will be time for some Minnesota Wild Chatter on Paladino Live, where we are never one-dimensional. And we have returned here on Paladino Live. It is time to talk about the best team in the National Hockey League. Well, actually, no, they really aren't, are they? As the Wild continue to flounder. They continue to flounder, and uh, opportunity after opportunity for this team to make any type of advancement towards winning this division, the uh, Northwest Division in the Western Conference, 
is just been falling apart. The funny part is the Minnesota Wild are still in first place, which I'm just utterly shocked about. But, hey, you know, we're only three points ahead of fourth place Vancouver, so things can and will change dramatically if the Wild continue to flounder opportunities. The Wild have 81 points. Calgary Flames, 80. Colorado Avalanche, 80. And the Vancouver Canucks, as I said, 78. The Edmonton Oilers continuing to make a move as they are now 33 and 31 with 71 points. The Edmonton Oilers above 500. And um, believe it or not, alive in the playoff picture. Uh, I don't think they're going to make it, but there's a chance. The Wild, definitely not the defensive team, especially goaltending-wise. Just the goaltending strength of this this team, that the strength of this team has been goaltending in years past, and this year absolutely not the case this season. As despite the Wild's record of 37-26, and 26, now that's 11 games over 500, right? But the Wild have scored three less goals than they've allowed for the season. That's a pretty disgusting stat, huh? 187 goals for, 190 against. So that definitely reflects on goaltending, and it also reflects on a sappy offense, as uh, we have the second-worst offense in the division uh, behind Vancouver, but obviously the Vancouver Canucks have the best goaltending in the division, only allowing 173. Um, the, the division, though, very close in every statistic. Like, the goals for and goals against are very close, except for Edmonton allowing 211 goals. That is a <laughs> reflection on the Edmonton Oilers aging goalie Dwayne Rollison, who used to be on the Wild, so go figure. That wasn't the worst trade ever until we uh, threw away the draft pick we got for um, Pavel Dimitra, who I just, I'm not so sure he is going to take us to the promised land. I really don't think he's going to, unfortunately, but we'll see if things can change. Now, as I said, the Wild floundering opportunity after opportunity as it was a dismal week, as when you look at since last week's win, where I concluded uh, my wild talk, a 2-1 to victory against the Los Angeles Kings, a sappy and crappy team, Minnesota Wild, 0-4, 0-4. Now, a couple of them were overtime or shootout losses, but still, <laughs> they lost. You know, they gained two points this week, Yahoo, out of a possible eight, and... Um, yeah, the teams they played this week, Chicago, Carolina, Atlanta. Just come on, guys. And then San Jose, yeah, you're, they're not an easy team to beat, but it was a home game, and the Wild not getting it done at home. As there were articles in the Star Tribune that made the same statement, the Wild need to start winning at home now. And, uh, well, they're not winning at home now. They're losing at home. So it's just been a hard run for the Wild of late. And uh, we're going to start off with the 2-4 to loss with the Chicago Blackhawks on March 4th. And uh, clicking on the box score here as the thing is loading. And Jason Williams, the player of the game for the Chicago Blackhawks. The funny part is I barely even know who that is. Uh, the only wild player showing up in the three stars is Nicky Schultz. And uh, he's not the kind of guy I really look at as any type of cornerstone on this franchise. He's just a solid defenseman who is good enough to play in the NHL. That's pretty much what Nick Schultz is. He gained his, uh, I believe, his 13th point of the year with an assist. So, okay. But the defense didn't look too good by giving up two goals in the third period as the Wild just cannot beat the Blackhawks this year, which is despicable. I don't understand it at all. It's driving me insane. 
the scariest part of the whole thing is I can't even remember when the Wild beat the Chicago Blackhawks. That's how bad it's been. I don't think they've beaten them this year, as it's just been a frustrating run for the Wild against a mediocre team at best, the Chicago Blackhawks, pretty much below average. Now, they have good goalies. They have Patrick Laleem, and they also have Hobby Bulin, so Nikolai Hobby Bulin, the Bulin wall. So it's kind of, it's just, it's confusing. I don't know what's going on with this team. Um, uh, is it the fact that the Blackhawks have Renee Bork? Is that what it is? Is it the Bork magic, I guess? I don't know. Something just doesn't make any sense with this team beating the Wild every time we play them. But other than the Wild just aren't a very good team right now, and that pretty much says it all. The Wild scorers were um, Pavel Dimitra with his 14th goal, Gabrick and Schultz assisting. So there's Nick Schultz's gigantic number. That puts him as the number two star. And uh, the second goal for the Wild was Stefan Veyu, assisted by Kim Janssen and Keith Carney. So Veyu is having a pretty solid year. He's a, he's a grinder. He's not somebody you're going to really count on to score. As, um, on a regular basis, he blows opportunities to score. So... Really, his his role is to be a grinder, and he's having a very solid year in that sense. He's actually scoring a few goals this year. So, um, Veyu, definitely not my favorite player by any means. And uh, it, it's it's just kind of that's who the Wild are. They're just a bunch of grinders and a couple of big-time scorers. Well, not really big-time. There's only one. And that's it. That's just who they are, and that's who they seem to want to be. It's pretty frustrating to me. Koivu has not really been the same player since coming back from that broken, uh, that's kind of broken leg, the small little crack that ended up being an injury forever. I don't know how many games he missed, like about 30. It was ridiculous. So, um, really, this has been a frustrating season for the Wild, despite the fact they're in first place. Isn't that crazy? They're in first place, yet we're all frustrated to death because this team doesn't make any sense. Now, other than that Blackhawks game, we'll move on now to the next game. The loss at Carolina, which I got to see personally, at least bits and pieces of it. Um, well, I didn't see it personally, but I got to watch most of the game. And uh, Koivu did get his 10th goal in the game, assisted by Aaron Voros and Marion Gabrick. Pavel Dimitra with his 15th goal, assisted by Bouchard and um, Brian Ralston. So that's great, but just two goals again. And... Um, the last goal of the game was scored only halfway through the second period. Eric Cole of the Carolina Hurricanes scores his 19th, assisted by Matt Cullen and Joe Corvo, and that was it. That was it. The third period, the well, really the whole second half of the game was as boring as hell, and the Wild just couldn't really muster anything. They only mustered 28 shots, and um, Carolina only mustered 28 shots as well, but they beat us, so... Last I checked, the Wild are supposed to be the better team, especially being that uh, their ca- the Carolina captain, Rod Brindamore, is done for the year. So I don't really understand why the Wild can't seem to capitalize on situations like that. But, well, again, you just see why this team is not the kind of team that you can really count on to get anywhere in the playoffs without some type of miracle. And um, to me, the biggest problem right now, or one of the biggest problems is Nicholas Backstrom, and we're going to get into that now as we start getting into these shootout losses or overtime losses. Um, Atlanta was an overtime. No, they it, it was a shootout game. I apologize. I'm, my memory's kind of escaping me here. So the Wild get two regulation goals again, and Atlanta gets two regulation goals. We're, we're happy for them. 
Brian Ralston was 25th goal, assisted by Burns and Gabrick. Brent Burns continues to show up in the statue, which is cool. Obviously, Gabrick does as well. And I like that. Ed Burns had a uh, had his 12th goal of the year also late in the third period to tie it. Or, no, not tie it, to take the lead. And um, that's pretty much how things go. And uh, Ralston and Bouchard assisting there. But this has just been a... The whole season just driving me nuts. Doesn't make any sense. And, yeah, we lose in the shootout. And, yeah, Nicholas Backstrom, abysmal, as always, in the net in shootouts. And I wouldn't mind the Wild somehow maybe substituting Josh Harding for the uh, for the shootout. That really wouldn't hurt at this point. As uh, Backstrom has given up 50%, 55% the uh, – Opposing teams have shot 55% on Nicholas Backstrom this year in the shootout. That is pathetic. And um, pretty much every time Nicholas Backstrom is in that, during a shootout, you can count on a loss. And that really sucks because last year the Wild were one of the best teams in the NHL in the shootout. But not this year as it's just that's been one of the huge differences is Nicholas Backstrom is not the same player he was a year ago. And, um, God, I just... I wish somehow, some way, something could change, but it's not looking that way at all. And now we go to the final game Sunday, a two to three loss in the shootout again. And um, well, the Sharks have won nine in a row apparently, and we're happy for them, as they're just going to, you know, another team's going to pass us when we lose our divisional lead, as that's going to happen pretty soon without some type of miracle. Again, yes, another three. To, well, not three to two. It was two to two, but it looks like three because uh, the count the third goal as a shootout victory or whatever. Um, Yeah. Very frustrating as the San Jose Sharks scored on two of their three shot attempts on Nicholas Backstrom. That is just absolute bullcrap. Absolute bullcrap. You know, come on, man. 30, well, I mean, what am I talking about? 66.6% shot percentage on Backstrom, and that that's just the way it's been the entire year. Koivu was unable to score in the shootout, as, yeah, again, he's not really the same player that he was before the injury, and that is a real shame, as that Mattias Olin cheap shot to his leg really certainly hasn't helped things for this team at all this year. Uh, Gabrick not very good on the shootout for some strange reason, despite the fact he is a superstar, and it's frustrating the crap out of me. The only wild goal in the shootout was scored by Pierre-Marc Bouchard to pretty much save us at the last second. But Patrick Marlowe was the man, and he won the game for the San Jose Sharks on that final shot. It ended up being the final shot, and, um, boy, it just the frustration continues. The wild scorers were Curtis Foster and um, Keith Carney. Got the Keith Carney and Pierre-Marc Bouchard assisting on that goal. Early in the second period and very late in the third period, the Wild saved their ass. Brian Ralston scores his 26th goal, assisted by Miko Koivu. But, yeah, it just didn't matter in the end. I mean, yeah, it got us a point, and we appreciate that. But but it only goes so far, and, um, you know, and that's why we only managed two points this week out of a possible eight. Um, I didn't think they were going to win all four. That's for darn sure. But a shootout win once in a while would be nice. You know, we've we've had a couple this year, but not many. And a regulation win would be even better. And 
those have vanished off the face of the earth of late. It has been a bad run, ladies and gentlemen. It has really sucked. And now, when I return, we are going to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves. And we are back, and it is time to talk about my favorite team in the whole wide world, the Minnesota Timberwolves, despite the fact that they are diseased, to say at least. And, um, hey, you know, the Wild really stunk this week, but how about this? Since we last spoke, you know, the last game we talked about on this show was the Seattle Sonics lost. When we lost 111 to 108, the Minnesota Timberwolves go 2-2. Two and two. Yes, 2-2, two and two, a 500 week for the Timberwolves? How about that? And uh, we did start off with two losses to Charlotte, well, two losses to Charlotte and Utah. The Utah loss, absolutely despicable. And I was able to watch that whole game until I finally just couldn't take it anymore and I wanted to throw up and cry at the same time. But then we win at Sacramento and at the Clippers? Hey, I'll take it. Very unwolves-like, huh? A couple of road wins? I know Sacramento and the Clippers aren't exactly uh, <laughs> San Antonio and Los Angeles Lakers, but hey, whatever. A win's a win for this for this squad, and um, we're going to be a, hopefully a top three draft pick this year for this squad. But let's start off with that icky Charlotte Bobcats. I keep thinking Charlotte Hornets, but hey, it's the Bobcats, and um, the players of the game: Jason Richardson with 25 points, eight rebounds, six assists, and L. Jefferson. 18 points, 11 rebounds, 2 assists. So those are the best players in this game. And last time we talked, I was very hard on Randy Foy because I was getting sick and tired of the just the slow comeback for Randy Foy and how it just he just seemed like, at best, the same player as last year. He just kind of seemed to look the same exact type of player, take the same shots, miss the same exact type of shots that he missed last year. Just... And, in, uh, you know, overrated, whatever it was. I don't know. I mean, I like Foy. I really do because the one stat, though, about Foy last year and when he did stand out, it was because he took charge in the fourth quarter, something Kevin Garnett was immune to, absolutely immune to his entire tenure for the Wolves. And, yeah, he wants his $125 million to uh, say, oh, man, you need somebody else to take the big shot. That's not my job. Oh, but anyhow, I'll get off of that as – I have a lot of <laughs> been scarred for life from Kevin Garnett, from watching him play over a hundred times in person, um, saying the same bull crap every night. But yeah, I better get off that topic very quick before this is a three-hour show and a complete ripping of the former Timberwolves quote-unquote franchise player. Um, but yeah, Randy Foy on this particular night against the Charlotte Bobcats was seven of eleven from the floor along with two of three from three-point range. He did get four assists. He turned the ball over four times, but he managed to get 16 points. So, very solid game. The one problem, though, he did foul out as uh, he seemed to have his problems. And uh, Matt Carroll, the man that uh, Foy was guarding, shot over him, looks like, as the stats would say. Seven of 12 from the floor, Matt Carroll. Three of six from three-point range, 18 points. Uh, yeah, Randy Foy follows out in this game, which, I don't know. That's one thing I don't like at all, along with the four turnovers. But, hey, he's uh, showing a little signs of life. He's actually making his shots now. Telfair, excellent in this game. Six of 11 to go along with nine assists and 12 points. Very, 
good game. Those are starting point guard numbers by Sebastian Telfair. And, yeah, I just did say that out of my mouth. Those are starting point guard numbers. Now, I don't expect him to really be that yet at the same time. He does show signs once in a while that maybe, just maybe, he could become that someday. As we all debated Chauncey Billups years ago here in this town. Now, I do not want to hear that Sebastian Telfair is not Chauncey Billups. I know, I know, I know. But the thing is, at the time, Chauncey Billups, everybody in this town hated him for the most part. They thought he was just this, this wannabe player who couldn't guard anybody and couldn't finish and couldn't pass and all the, you know, all the above was, you know, inconsistent offensively. That sounds a lot like Sebastian Telfair, right? Yeah, it kind of does. So let's take it easy. Now, I know we all know what Chauncey Billups became. And I'm, you cannot tell me, you can absolutely not tell me that Sebastian Telfair does not have the right to become a great player someday. I don't think he's going to, but I could see there is a window for Sebastian Telfair to become a pretty good player and maybe even very good at some point. I don't think he'll ever be quite as good as Chauncey Billups. I just don't think it's in his nature. But that guy, the crossover moves that he has are pretty impressive. And, yeah, his his assist numbers continue to rise. His turnover numbers drop. He only had one turnover in this game, so nine assists compared to one turnover. Excellent job. Unfortunately, he was minus 15, but, you know, in his plus-minus stat, but every single Timberwolf was minus because they got their butts kicked by a uh, 21-39 team, as that was the Charlotte's record at the time, of course, and the Wolves' record became 12-47. and 47. Spectacular record by the Wolves. Keep it up, boys. Okay, so let's get that number one pick or number two pick, whatever. Um, but anyhow, uh, Brewer hurt, did not play in this game, an ankle problem. Um, Richard getting a teeny tiny amount of playing time, only managed to get one rebound, but he did get a block in about six minutes of play. Greg Buckner, rising from the dead, played 16 minutes and uh, played like he was still dead. Um, one of three from the floor, though he did make a three-point shot. We're happy for you. Two turnovers in 16 minutes. Yeah, you know. Now, I'm not saying he's dead, literally, but a dead NBA player. Yeah, he's yeah. Greg Buckner's not even, you know, I can't believe he got as much playing time as he did earlier in the year. Uh, Craig Smith off the bench, 15 points. Craig Smith continuing to show that he is a factor off the bench. And, um, yeah, he is an offensive game that continues to blossom. Six of eight. Six of eight. And he was only minus six in his plus minus for the game. He did get four personal fouls, again, showing defensive problems against Okafor and Muhammad, players like that. I'm definitely certain he didn't take on Richardson at all. <laughs> but um, on to back to the starting players. Yeah, Jefferson, I mentioned his line. Uh, you know, solid game. Well, I didn't mention he was 8 of 19 from the floor. It's okay. Nothing great. Only two of two from the line. Only, you know, he didn't get to the line. The Wolves only shot five of nine from the floor in this game. They only got to the, they only attempted nine free throws in the game and uh, made about 55% of them. That's, that's great. And, uh, Charlotte Bobcats, clearly the team that worked harder and, you know, got to the basket more. 23 of 29 from the floor, shooting about 80% or 79% from the floor. So that's the thing. That is the stat. I mean, it's not the refs as much as it is, hey, you know, you got to get your butt down into the lane. you got to get to the line if you're going to win. 
You know, that's where Michael Jordan was great, Kobe, all of that good stuff. You know, we all know they get calls, but, hey, you're gonna, you've got to earn them by getting yourself to the line and forcing fouls. Uh, Randy Foy, no free throws attempted in the game. Telfair, no free throws attempted in the game. Gomes, no free throws attempted in the game. So, yeah, the Wolves not getting to the line at all in this game. Uh, Gomes' line, though, not bad. 17 points, 4 assists, 6 rebounds. Multi-dimensional game. Good job. So, 3 of 5 from 3-point range as well. Uh, 7 of 18 overall, although he looks like he shot the ball just a little too much in this game. So, eh. And the other starter. Now, remember this guy, Kirk Snyder, the guy I was um, talking bad about in my video, making fun of him, how, who the heck is this? We traded away green for somebody who's not even going to see the light of day. Well, Kirk Snyder is not quite the second coming of, say, a Bruce Bowen or a Ron Artest just yet, but... Hey, 3 of 4 from the field goal range, or whatever, from the floor, duh. 0 of 1 from 3-point range. Uh, he played a even 32 minutes, 6 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 assists. So, again, showing multi-dimensions multi to his game. As, uh, obviously, we know his main job on the floor is to be a defensive specialist. And uh, this, this young man is showing some athleticism. And uh, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of him. As I'll get more into that in the Utah game, as that is the next game to cover, as we are heading there now. And yeah, uh, Kirk Snyder, pretty much the only positive thing in this game, as he shows up as the top performer for the Wolves on Yahoo Sports. And yeah, again, when you see Kirk Snyder showing up as your top performer, then that means you probably didn't play very well. And uh, the score reflects that as well, 105-76. to 76. That's right, 105 to 76. That is what they call an ass whooping. And the stat of the night. The stat of the night, well, one of them anyway. Randy Foy, 5 of 15 from the floor. Three, 4 of 7 from the three point range. That's great. We're happy for you. But uh, minus 32. Minus 32. And it's plus minus. Just absolutely destroyed by Deron Williams and Ronnie Brewer. Ronnie Brewer. Yeah, not exactly the kind of guy you think of as. Um, the future Kobe or something. So, but Kirk Snyder, as I mentioned, started, of course, because Corey Brewer is not healthy. He played 31 minutes, 4 of 8 from the floor. And how about this stat? 8 of 10 from the line. Excellent. 16 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists. Again, multiple assists. So that's that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Um, and the, the thing is, though, the fact that we just got pounded by this team is pathetic. Ryan Gomes, awful, 27 minutes, 1 of 4 from the floor, no free throws attempted, and uh, 2 points and three, 3 rebounds. Awful game for Ryan Gomes. He also got in foul trouble, 4 fouls in the game. Not something you want to see. Al Jefferson in this game was terrible. And, uh, yeah, that's probably the first time I've said that this year. He played 30 and a half minutes, 11 points, 10 rebounds, 5 of 15 from the floor, and folks, it looked worse than it's than it's than it sounds. It looked worse, as he put up some awful shots. He missed easy plays, just easy shots. He was pretty much open, and he would miss tip-ins pretty much. You know, well, not necessarily tip-ins, just like easy layups down there, down in the paint. It was really hard to watch, and uh, I pretty much turned my head away half the time, as the game was just absolutely pitiful, absolutely pitiful. Um, 
tell if they're not so special either, as this is when he looks like a backup point guard again. Is just the, a lot of these young guys in this team are very inconsistent. Like Foy and Kelfair played good last game, despite the fact they lost. Um, in this game, they both were pretty pretty lousy. I mean, Foy did get 18 points, but that's because he made some three pointers. Where that's that's terrific. Kelfair, yeah, as I said, three of nine from the floor, six points, three assists, and uh, only one turnover. So that's nice, I guess. But mm, this just this game absolutely sucked. Rashad McCants off the bench playing about 28 minutes, did get 5 of 10 from the floor, 2 of 5 from 3-point range, and uh, was only minus 12 in his plus-minus. He was pretty much the best guy in terms of people that got a decent amount of minutes in the plus-minus. Um, yeah, the one the one bad stat for McCants was four turnovers, and some of them were downright nasty in this game. But McCants was playing with the flu, so... Yeah, I, I, I can give him a little pass. He was he was solid in this game. It was pretty much the two best players for the Wolves were Kirk Snyder and McCants. Uh, Deron Williams, though, yeah, 21 points, 11 assists, a plus 29, and he wasn't even the top guy. Carlos Boozer, plus 32, as he had 16 points, 14 rebounds, 7 of 10 from the floor. They didn't even need to give him the ball that much. And a lot of the starters in this game didn't have to play very much either. Deron Williams under 30 minutes, Brewer under 30 minutes, Boozer, Barely eclipsing 30 minutes. And, um, yeah, O'Kerr was the guy who got the most playing time for the Utah Jazz. And, uh, yeah, about 34 minutes, and he had 15 of fifteen and 9. Um, just, yeah, Utah looking awfully good in this game. Kyle Korver, fantastic since coming to Utah. 4 of 8 from the floor, only 1 of 4 from 3-point range, but 12 points off the bench. So, did his job. Just like McCants. As I, it's hard for me to say, did his job, despite the fact the team team was just demolished, utterly demolished. And now we are going to slowly slide over to the uh, the good news. Finally, now we can smile a little bit as the Timberwolves defeat the Sacramento Kings on March eighth. It is f- Friday, March. Ugh, I apologize. Friday, March seventh. Friday, March seventh. And uh, the Wolves do win this game by a score of 111 to 103. So kind of similar to the Sonics game, there's this this time we won. And that's good news. Al Jefferson, as this will be dubbed as the game of the week, so I like to always say which game is the game of the week. This is the one, absolutely, as the score reflects on what a fun game it was. Uh, Randy Foy, yeah, you know, looking like a backup again. 30 minutes, 30 and a half minutes, 3 of 9 from the floor, 1 of 4 from 3-point range, 7 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds, multi-dimensional play, but nothing special, 4 personal fouls, Telfair injured in this game, injured, Telfair, so, unfortunately, yeah, he only played 13 and a half minutes before the injury, it was an ankle, as he is apparently on crutches, as they said in the paper, 4 assists, though, in that short amount of time, um, yeah, only 2 points, And uh, Sebastian Telfer, we wish him the best. Hopefully he comes back soon. As he's been a nice positive for this team, and it is a vital contract year for Sebastian Telfer. And hopefully this makes him more signable now, so he won't try to demand $5 million a year. I just do not want the Wolves to do that. I really don't. I can't do it unless, I don't know. That's the one thing. That's the thing that bit us last time, though, is it's just, it's a tough decision. It really is. As Chauncey Billups 
wanted six million a year or, or whatever, um, and he went to Detroit for that. And yeah, we all know what happened. Um, he also wanted to be named a starter, whereas when Terrell Brandon was, we thought coming back from the knee surgery he had, that microfracture crap, and um, unfortunately Terrell Brandon never did come back. Yeah, we still lost Chauncey Bills because they they would not guarantee him a starting job with the Wolves. And, yeah, like I said, we know what happened. Uh, Telfair, though, appears that it looks like the Wolves would like to keep Foy and Telfair as the starters for now at the guard positions. But, yeah, it, it's they have to make a decision on Sebastian, depending on how much he asks. I mean, if he asks for $3 million a year, sign him, sign him, sign him, sign him, sign him immediately. But if he's looking for six, I don't know. They better, they better make a good decision on him. I just hope for the best. Uh, Jefferson... Pretty good, pretty good game. Nice, nice numbers. 21 points, 13 rebounds, along with one block and three steals. Pretty good game for Al. He did attempt seven free throws, which is good news. So Jefferson getting to the line on this game. Eight of 17 from the floor, so not the best shooting night for Big Al. Kirk Snyder starts again, 34 and a half minutes, but only three of 11 from the floor. She shot the ball quite a bit in this game, and. Um, I don't know if that was the best idea, but apparently Kirk Snyder becoming a big part of things, at least for the time being. Brewer returns from injury, plays um, he plays 18 and a half minutes, manages four points and five assists, though. That was a nice stat, uh, but he did get into foul trouble big time. Five personal fouls, um, just not healthy right now. Brewer hopefully, hopefully getting better, maybe re-earn his starting position back from Kirk Snyder. We'll see. McCants, though, excellent in this game. Excellent. Playing about 28 minutes, 6 of 11 from the floor, 3 of 4 from 3-point range, along with all 7 free throws getting in, and the top plus-minus stat of the game, as the bench outplayed the starters in terms of plus-minus, and they pretty much did outplay the starters, as Yarich was solid, and that's hard for me to say. <laughs> 19 minutes in the game, 3 of 4, and uh, 2 of 3 from 3-point range. And, yeah, solid game for Yarich. But, obviously, do not put one egg in his basket. Don't even don't count on him for nothing. I just can't do it with Marco Yarich. Craig Smith, though, again, outstanding off the bench. He only played in about, in, in a, he only played under 16 minutes, but was 8 of 9 from the floor. 8 of 9 along with three blocks and 18 points. So, really, I would say Craig Smith was the player of the game. Really, other than maybe McCants. As he, yeah, McCants is 22 points and three steals. Pretty darn good, though McCants did get into foul trouble just like Brewer, as he had five fouls. But the overall top player on this night was Kevin Martin, as he had 30, or 40, I apologize, 48 points in this game, to go along with six rebounds. 48 points. Outstanding. And um, the big stat for him was 22 of 24 through free throws. Wow. This man got to the line, and he got to the line for size on this night, and he made his free throws big time. And uh, the funny thing, again, is Benno Udrith, remember the guy that the Wolves just cut? They just flat cut him? You know, they traded... uh, a second-round pick away, I believe. or No, it, it, it wasn't even that. It was just kind of cash, I believe. A little bit of cash away for Beno Udrith. And huh, 
Well, they cut him right away. And next thing you know, he's on the Sacramento Kings, and he did very well all year filling in for Bibby. Before filling in for Bibby, well, he was injured, Mike Bibby. And next thing you know, Bibby's traded away to the Atlanta Hawks for Sheldon Williams and spare parts. And, uh, wow, how about that? How about Benno Udrith? 13.7 assists, though he did turn the ball over four times, yet very solid player. Benno Udre is a very solid player. Other than that, though, most of the stats for Sacramento not too exciting other than Selman's 6 of 11 from the floor and 15.7 rebounds. So not bad. And, uh, yeah, this was the game of the week. It was a very, very well-played game by both teams, and the Wolves defeat Kevin Martin's 48 points. How about that? Not bad. And the next game, though, is the other game of the week, is uh, Foy just absolutely outstanding in this game, along with Al Jefferson. The Wolves win 99-96 to in Los Angeles, and Randy Foy getting to start at point guard, and that was the discussion, saying that Foy, oh, now he's more comfortable because he's the starting point guard, not the starting shooting guard. Okay, well, I hope... I hope that means something. I really do. As um, yeah, 8 of 12 from the floor, along with 10 of 12 from the free throw line, and 6 assists, 4 rebounds, 26 points to Randy Foy, and he made the final 6 points of the game to be clutched down the stretch to take out the L.A. Clippers, the mighty L.A. Clippers. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Yard starts at shooting guard and uh, pretty much does what you'd expect. Pretty much zip, 2 points. One basket in about 22 minutes. Yarich, yeah, no. Not someone I count on for anything. But Al Jefferson, phenomenal. On this night, 13 of 22 from the floor. Made all four three th- free throws, 30 points and 12 rebounds, along with two blocks. Very good game by Big Al. And the Wolves only turned the ball over 10 times on this game. Very good. Ryan Gomes, very good as well, as he shot over 50%, 7 of 13, made 17 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 steals. So Gomes, very good. To go along with Kirk Snyder, um, yeah, Kirk Snyder is just kind of playing defensive specialist on this night. Only 2 points in about 26 minutes. So, yeah. And McCants shot poorly on this night, despite the fact his playing time increased a teeny bit played about 31 minutes, 3 of 11 from the floor, 7 points, 4 assists, so nothing great, but Craig Smith again, very good off the bench, Craig Smith, 3 of 5 from field goal range, or field from the floor, duh, 5 of 6 from the free throw line, 5 of 6 for Craig Smith is pretty good, but yeah, 11 and 8, 11 points, 8 rebounds for Craig Smith, so he continues to show that he is a force off the bench, and I hope that continues as this young man wants to wants to stay here, at least at least it appears that way, or wants a contract anyway. Yes, this is a contract potential year for him, as he is a restricted free agent going into the summer. And um, the L.A. Clippers, Corey Maggette, the player of the game for them overall, 29 points, though five turnovers, as that was one of the, the damning uh, stats for the L.A. Clippers, as they had 17 turnovers in this game. Al Thornton, a guy the Wolves like going into the draft, the power forward for the LA Clippers, had 18 points and 7 rebounds to go along with 3 assists. And he was one of the few plus players on the Clippers, as he was a plus 9. Very solid. But um, 
really overall, though, the exciting part of this game, Randy Foy just pretty much destroyed Dan Dickow, as the Clippers right now don't really have much of a point guard. And, um, yeah, it's nothing great. I mean, it's Dan Dickow. It's not... <laughs> It's not Steve Nash. I mean, Steve Nash is not a good defensive player either, so that was a bad example, but more or less like a Jason Kidd will say. Foy destroyed him, though, and that's encouraging, so maybe he's getting healthier. As the uh, Minneapolis media is looking to ask Randy Foy for a wink, that he'll wink to them when he's he's healthy. And, uh, yeah, that's that's cute. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see if there's any wink anytime soon. Um the Wolves need Randy Foy to continue to develop into this star player that uh, we, you know, he was supposed to be. Because if you can have Al Jefferson and Randy Foy become a nice duo, and then you get a nice draft pick in here, we, uh, that would, you know, you could form a nice trio. Corey Brewer still has a chance to be pretty good. Uh, Telfair has a chance to be solid. Um, McCants is McCants. He's a, he's a, he's a guy off the bench. But, yeah, the ultimate thing with the Wolves is they need to continue to develop and uh, improve, and Foy is a big part of that. He needs to become at least as good as Brandon Roy, if possible. He, he really does. And I know that's a statement that not everybody's going to really agree with. They're going to think that, yeah, good luck with that one. Randy Foy is not going to come close to Brandon Roy. But there's always a chance. There There has to be, right? Because they were taken – Literally the same spots in the draft, and they were discussed back and forth at which one's a better player. And Foy did show signs last year when Brandon Roy was hurt. Foy showed signs last season that he has a chance to be the better player of the two. Now, if they can at least be both, like both be all-star guards, hey, there you go. The Wolves would be in great shape if uh, Foy could become an all-star guard because that absolutely takes pressure off Al Jefferson and makes Al Jefferson better, and Jefferson but we'll make Foy better because, obviously, the two sides, the down low and the, uh, you know, the paint versus the perimeter, when you got two major cogs in those two spots, <laughs> it's as simple as that, that you're going to have a, something to work with, at least something. And there are some solid role players on this team, like Ryan Gomes, like Craig Smith, and McCants off the bench, you know, has a chance to be okay. You know, he's he's got some value off the bench. So... And there's always, yeah, Corey Brewer. So we'll see what happens with the Wolves as the question marks continue to rise, obviously, at who's going to be what and who's going to be who's going to be where. And um, the Wolves did make a statement this week that they will not enter the free agent market this year. And uh, you know what? Such is life. A lot of people were complaining about it. There ain't going to be much cap space, folks. There's going to be, oh, we're, we're going to have maybe $3 million under the cap. So what? I don't know what you're trying to spend with, spend the money with. You know, that's not there. It's just not. It's just according to league rules, it's not anyway. And you're going to have to resign some people too. So let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I hate to say it. I really do because patience is not a good thing to hear from any sports franchise, especially when you're paying over $1,000 a year for season tickets, that's bullshit. But ultimately, the deal here is there's nothing to do yet. And um, contracts are expiring, but not enough of contracts are expiring just yet. You still have Troy Hudson's contract on the cap because, you know, until next year, because that's when it can be voided. Because, well, when you uh, buy out somebody's contract, it stays on the cap. It You know, the money... Has already been given to the player, but 
the cap figure is still there. So that that's just how it goes. And obviously Antoine Walker's salary is still here next year, $9.3 million. So we're looking at a decent amount of money coming off the cap next summer, not this coming summer. So that is the situation with this team. And a lot of people did misunderstand it, unfortunately. As, yeah, our salary cap right now is going on hoopshype.com, the salary cap. And I just absolutely hate these pop-ups. But, yeah, the salary cap right now, or salary figure for the Wolves right now, is $69 million. Next year goes down to 55. Now, the salary cap is right about 58-ish or so, I believe. I could be wrong. It might only be 57, 56. So, yeah, there's nothing we can really do much just yet. And, yeah, you do factor in that, uh, unfortunately, Juwan Howard's contract is still on next year, uh, but it is the last year for it. Hudson's can be voided next year. 6.3 can be voided. Um, and uh, there was one more. Yes, Antoine Walker, 9.3 can be voided next year. So after next year, after next year. So that is the deal, as that is $20 million coming off the books after next summer, and that is when you can potentially make a splash. Obviously, don't put much betting money that um, you're going to get some big-time player here in Minnesota. There's no guarantee that that's going to happen. We all remember how the Chicago Bulls thought they were going to get Grand Hill and Tracy McGrady or Tim Duncan or something, and you know how many of those three they got? Yep, zero. So, because everybody knew the Bulls sucked at the time. And um, no offense to Cush, as you, or Brian Cush, as you probably agreed anyway at the time the Bulls were pretty bad for a while there so and the Wolves are in that similar situation right now I wouldn't say it's quite as bad because we have some players who have a chance to be solid pretty pretty good anyway um ultimately though yeah that is the deal so most fans out there have to understand that's why the Wolves are doing this and um I'm not defending them at all it's just the way it is this is the numbers right in front of me tell me this. There's nothing really to do. And what's the point of signing another Mike James pain-in-the-butt player for $6 million a year, four-year, you know, like a four-year deal just to screw the team again? And then we'll be talking about, oh, poor Al Jefferson, just like we talked about Garnett. It's how he's all by himself with all these crappy players and uh, screwed-up salary cap situation. So, yes, I applaud the Wolves. Do not sign anybody, okay? Just, just, just don't. Sign your own players, keep them, trade some people. Yeah, that okay, sure, do that and make a good draft pick. Please draft the right player. Corey Brewer, we're not sure yet. Randy Foy, we're not sure yet. So crossing our fingers here right now, the situation with the Wolves very much in the air, and um, it's right here in front of you, right here in front of you. It's nothing major complicated. It's not complicated. It's just the way it is, and... There is a chance they will improve next year. I do not see any chance at all that the Wolves are a playoff team next year without some type of miracle. You know, like they land like the biggest sleeper of all time or whatever, despite the fact he'd be the second or third pick ever, or ever, second or third pick in the draft. But he ends up being like way, 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 way better than anybody expected. It's, it does happen once in a while. It does. And a lot of times, though, you know, guys like Andrew Bogut, he's okay, but He's not a franchise changer. He's just not. He's, I don't know. He's like a Christian Leitner. I hate saying that name, and I don't mean it that way. So, and Andrew Brogan's probably going to be better than Leitner. It's just the numbers are pretty similar, you know. So, um, let's just hope we don't get stuck in that situation once again, as that's what happened many, many years ago. Um, unfortunately, there is no Shaq or Alonzo Mourning available. There is no LeBron. 
or uh, Kevin Durant or Greg Oden available this time. So we're just going to have to hope for the best, and these guys need to do their job. Simply do your job and sign the right people and um, draft the right people especially. Don't, you know, signing, that's that's later. Um, just make the right moves, guys. Hope for the best. And this will conclude episode number six on March 10th, 2008. I bid you all farewell. Please check out my YouTube, as it is youtube.com forward slash pellet and joe, youtube.com forward slash pellet and joe, and also please email me, yahoo, excuse me, paladino live at yahoo.com, paladino live at yahoo.com, check it out, email me, give me your opinion, give me anything you want, tell me how you like the show, tell me you hate it, tell me what you'd like to change. Um, no guarantee I'm going to change it because <laughs> this is my show and that's just the way it is. But, hey, you know, if it's a good idea, I may go along with it. Um, such is life. Now, also, I do have a Yahoo Messenger. Again, Paladino Live. One word, Paladino Live. And also uh, the same thing for AOL Instant Messenger. One word, Paladino Live. doesn't matter if it's caps or um, small letters. And also, of course, iTunes. I thank all of you for downloading the show on iTunes, and for those of you out there that didn't know I had that this show is on iTunes, well, just simply look me up, Paladino Live, it is two words on on iTunes, go to the iTunes store and type that in, search, please please subscribe, it is free, it's not going to cost you a dime, I really hope you enjoy the show, and I, again, love being here, I love doing this, and I want to keep doing this for as long as possible, as long as you'll have me. And I wish all of you a good week, and we will talk soon.